You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Welcome to the Insecure Experience. This is a brand new show where we will be discussing the TV show Insecure and delivering you some other gems along the way. I am joined by my two beautiful co-hosts, Bree, and you know Bree from Mama Meets World, and Tia, you know Tia from The Wind Down, if you are subscribed to the Patreon, and if you're not, go subscribe to it. Um, but yeah, this is our first episode and I'm excited to be doing this with these ladies, um, because I don't think I've had a chance to do like an all women's podcast. So this is exciting and new for me. Hey, y'all. Hello. I, I too am excited. Um, it's always, this is Brie. Um, Y'all know me from Mama Meets World and guesting on other Flawless Noises productions. I am excited because I, the thing that's missing about discussions of this type is sometimes you don't want to hear from nobody but black girls. I don't really need men's opinions on certain shit. So I'm looking forward to this. I'm I'm a girl's girl. So I love a a good kickback, a good drink, a couple glasses of wine. Let's talk some shit. Absolutely. I think it'll be fun. It will be fun. It's an opportunity for us to steer clear of the whole gender wars that y'all niggas like to do so much on Twitter and just giving a different perspective on a more mature level from three beautiful ladies. So we hope that you will sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Absolutely. So this is what, season four of Insecure? Season four. Season four of Insecure, and we'll be covering um, the first two episodes, which is low-key feeling myself and low-key distant. So, okay, at the end of last season, Issa and Condola met, and this is when Issa decided she was going to quit working with those at-risk youth and Frida ridiculous ass, and she started, she became a property manager for... I wouldn't say it's run down, but it's definitely vintage property complex with all these crazy ass tenants. And um, then she decides she wanted to start planning for this block party, which is kind of a great idea. If you, if you've been like, if you be in black neighborhoods, we know over time they've tried to take so much fun out of our communities, like out of our neighborhoods, things Mm -hmm. for our kids to do ways for us to display our talent and things like that. So I love that aspect of the show. Um, but we, okay. <sighs> I like Condola actually like a whole lot. Like she just seems really genuine and really happy. And she seems like one of the few people that is really excited for what Issa is doing. Like I have not seen this level of excitement from Molly from um i've seen glimpses from tiffany um 
And, you know, Kelly is just always down the ride. It don't matter what it is. Kelly going to be there. She going to have your back. But Condola seemed like she really wants Issa to win and have this block party be a success. Like, I feel like I Condola is the only one who wants to see Issa win because, you know, when, when Insecure first started, I, I kind of got a different idea about the friendship of these ladies unless they've grown apart. Um, it's strange to me, and I, I know that, you know, with these two episodes, we're kind of getting deeper into that. Molly is never excited for Issa. She wanted them backhanded-ass compliments, people. I think that, um, <clears throat> what's, Lord, what's her name? Well, I don't know why I just lost it. The pregnant one. Oh, Tiffany? Tiffany. I think Tiffany's excited for Issa only in the event that whatever Issa's doing is going to make her look good for being her friend. She's yes. that type of person. Right. And mm-hmm. Kelly, Kelly always just shows up. And I mean, I don't even think we get enough of Kelly to know is she really down for her or whatever, but she needed a DJ for, I mean, she needed somebody for her thing. Kelly showed up. Kelly was hyped. Kelly was ready to go. Molly Kelly was ready to, to set that pussy out. And, and <laughs> yes, she was. That, yes, that she was. needed to get those vendors and those backers signed up. So yeah, I'm always here for Kelly. And Brie had a very valid complaint that we're going to get to in a little while. But yeah, she's the friend that she shows up. She really tries to remain neutral when the when the other girls is fighting and talk some sense into everybody. Like, I will be all y'all to fuck up arguing over some dumb shit. Yep. So, yes. And you know, it's funny because I really want to know... Um, remember at the end of last season with the baby shower? Uh, Kelly and what you call it had got into it. about yeah, her yeah, they had I it. wonder I, if they're going to explore that, that because I would love to see it personally. I, I would love to see them develop a more in-depth storyline for Kelly and like tie it in with the other girls because as it stands, like we said, she's one, I think she's extremely funny on the show. Um, but she that's is. primarily what she is. She's the funny, and I know it's got to be more to her than just being the the funny friend and they haven't given us very much of that she's a writer for the show and it's like sis you can't write yourself a little better like you can't write yourself anything i have never heard a backstory about her yes it would would definitely be nice to hear a backstory about her the thing about canola oil and Issa's friendship (laughs) is that um she actually i liken it to um when you see the potential in a relationship and you Mm -hmm. want the, you see the absolute best in that person. And that's something that we haven't seen in a dynamic that she has with her other friends, because they look at Issa as a joke by Issa. Life is a mess. She ain't got no job. She ain't got no man. She's all over the place. She hasn't really established who she is as a person. Whereas Condola is coming into the fold not knowing all of the backstory of Issa, but believing in her and really excited to help her out. And I think that that kind of intimidates her friends. I would really love to see, and I would love to know what makes Issa feel like her ideas are not major contenders because Issa is smart. And the one thing I've always loved about Issa's character, something else is motivating her. You know, she walked out of her job when most people would have been afraid to walk out of her job because she knew it was bullshit and she knew it wasn't her calling or her purpose. And she's like, I got to do something bigger than this. This is just a lot, you know, to sit here and do something I don't believe in. 
She's trying to do this black black party so she can showcase black businesses and you know get her black ass neighborhood popping again and you know have an opportunity for other black folks to come around and have fun. And Condola sees her and like you said, she doesn't take her for a joke. But I I kind of hate the way, um, just the way it's written. It feels like Issa's looking at Condola like she's this magical Negro. Like, oh my God, you're doing so many things. But I think if Issa had the right support in her corner, she could do the same shit. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. I, um, <laughs> I, so I get that Molly is like highly successful, but I kind of am tired of them throwing it in our face that she's like a black attorney. I don't really like, think I, she's that successful, if you want to be honest, because. At both of the jobs she's been at, it's been her. Her personality is trash. And she keeps blaming her faults on everybody else, but she has stumbled majorly at both the jobs that we've seen her in because her attitude is trash. Yeah, like I like I get it, but she's not the only black attorney in the world. And I'm tired no. of them highlighting it. And like you like y'all said, I feel like what Issa is trying to do is far more major than constantly highlighting that Molly is a terrible person at work. Well, she's terrible in general to me, but (laughs) like, like, like Bree said, like she has a habit of stabbing her coworkers in the back, stepping on them Mm -hmm. to get to the top. And I get it. That's how life works. It's a doggy dog world. And as a woman, you have to play the game, but it's like, she don't stand up in it. She do some foul shit and then she want to play coy and try to be friends with people after you stab them in the back. Either you gonna she like to throw rocks and then she hide her hands. Yeah, that, either you gonna, yep. you either yeah. gonna be a raging bitch or you gonna be a great person to work with. You can't have it both ways because when that dude told her he ain't need no travel agent, I was howling. <laughs> I was like, because she. <laughs> She did him really dirty last season, yeah, she which did. I don't have she a did. problem with. I do not have a problem with women stepping on men to get to the top, but you can't even sit in it. Now you want to be no. friends, you want to be cordial, you want to chit chat, and it's like, girl, fuck you for real. Yeah, Molly is a narcissist, and she's passive aggressive with bad wigs and bad wardrobe on the show. Her wigs. Can we please take five minutes to talk about <laughs> them dreadful ass wigs? Like, yeah. you know what I always think about. Y'all know I love a fucking wig. I love a wig. Wigs are my shit. I do not make a, a ton of money. Damn sure not black lawyer money. But honey, my wigs got parts in them. My wigs move. Like you mean it always me. look like an old school quick weave. You know where they just used to wrap the tracks. Yes. They got to the top. <laughs> she wear right. she wear fucking circle hump wigs. You know yes. she wear them old Nicki Minaj ass Chinese bangs wigs. Like what? <laughs> yeah, I I really I I don't really I could just say I don't care for Molly as a character on the show. I love the actress that plays her because she yes. plays her so well that you really do not I do not like Molly on the show. And that means she's she, doing her job to the fullest as an actress, but girl, Molly, girl. Right. And I think, you know, I'm not even gonna hold it. I think a lot of the reason that I don't like Molly as the character because we have all had a Molly in our lives. Oh, and yes. I feel like mm-hmm. I am attributing some personal shit to her character. We as women knows what it feels like to have a friend that we absolutely love, but we feel like they don't show up for us. We feel like they can't ever be happy with it for, for us when we share some shit. They always do on the back end and compliment shit. So I know yeah. I attribute a oh, little yeah. more personal shit to her. So I, really, I can't stand her on the show. 
project yeah i so i definitely know i'll be projecting but that's because even if i haven't dealt with it a whole lot i've seen it a whole lot and since we're here we might as well explore mm-hmm. Issa and molly relationship molly is a type of friend that is only happy for you when you're not doing as good as she is absolutely if she feels like you're doing better than her she's going to do and say things to try to bring you back down to a level just below her that's the type of friend molly is so like all the times her bailing molly uh bailing isa out you know paying for stuff for isa because she knows isa didn't have the money all of that was to feed her ego it didn't have anything and anything no, to do with her wanting to help her friend and not wanting to see her friend struggle and feeling like if i got the means we all gonna live it up this was one of those things like oh let me help you out because you're doing far worse than i am so let me show you how much worse than me you're doing i'm gonna pay for you to go on a vacation with me because i know you ain't got it you know what i'm saying she's yeah. that kind of person it's not i'm gonna pay for us to go on a vacation because i want to go on vacation with my girl I want us to have fun you right. know and I know you've been stressed out she she's definitely a, a very classic type of friend of me like she yeah. is she doesn't see her as a friend Molly sees Issa as a fucking sidekick she and a sees project. her as in a project and you know along those same lines I I hate I feel like every piece of advice that Molly has given Issa has been terrible like Trash. horrible and it's like mm-hmm. when when Molly has a problem, Issa is the first person she comes to to unload. Well, basically about a nigga, because it's always yeah. about a nigga with Molly. And Issa is the first person she unloads on. And it's funny because Issa always stops what she's doing and gives her a thoughtful ask. This is what I think you should do. This is what's going on. Issa could have the same shit going on, and Molly be like, I don't know, girl, what's up? But let me tell you about what's going on in my life. Mm-hmm. that's exactly and how that's- molly is and the thing about it is that i'm glad that this season is really exploring and picking apart their friendship because we need to see that and there were three specific things that i noticed um that molly did in the first episode so her first insult because it was an insult that she said to Issa was oh shit you got real sponsors and then the second insult was when her and Andrew were on the way to the mixer. I think she said this was just homegrown or a homegirl type of thing. So you don't really need to be really dressed up. And then yeah. with the third insult is that she said that Issa enjoys being messy in her yeah. life. And which, which because- girl, put that mirror up in your own damn face. You yes. always got some mess going. You got mess going at work. You got mess going in other people relationships. You got mess going with all of the failed relationships you have. You have a messy ass life, Molly, to be trying to clock Issa. I was like, okay. And like, you could see the look of devastation on Issa's face when she took that dig. Like, oh, so you're going to continue to work with her. You just like having a messy life. And so it brings me to my next point. Who in the fuck would stop working with somebody that's rooting that hard for you? I listen, I don't I, care. I if, wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't care if Lawrence was fucking condola in all three holes. That ain't my business. I cheated on that man. We ain't together. He free to roam about the country. But this lady with all these connections, all these ties to the community who can help me get this extremely big project of mine off the ground. I'm supposed to stop fucking with her because she fucking 
my ex that I fucked up the relationship ultimately by cheating, like that's what ended it. It was already fucked up because he had Lawrence had some shit with him that don't nobody like to admit. But it's just like, what? Why would I stop working with somebody that's pushing this hard for me? She shouldn't stop working with her, and I feel like as a mature adult, Molly should have came to her and said, "Listen." Look at all the things Condola is doing. Look at all the doors that she's opening for you. Are you going to let something like her dating Lauren stop you from getting to your goal, to what you want to do? But in typical Molly fashion, she just, and I didn't understand the messy dig because I don't necessarily I think Issa's messy because Issa is a, is a victim of circumstance for real. Like yes, she had is. a shitty job. She just, she, like, last season and the season before, she just kept taking L after L. And none of the Ls were particularly her fault or something that she did alone. But she kept having to answer for them. And I think for Molly to say that to her, knowing her at her lowest points, and also that's her homegirl, she'd been confided in her at her lowest points, I wouldn't tell her shit out. And this is that the crazy been- part. When we go back and look at it, like like you said, Bree, a lot of the stuff that happened to Issa last season, it was just like the 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 stars wasn't lining up for her. Like when they right. went up on her rent so much, she can no longer afford it without Lawrence being there. That's just because landlords is fucking shady. That ain't yeah, have right. shit to do with Issa. Mm-hmm. She was still at the time working and everything else. That was not. But as your as your best friend, why she couldn't come and stay on your couch? Why she have to even go to Daniel for a place to sleep? Ask yourself that well, question. Well, she stayed with her a couple of nights, and that completely turned me off because the way that Molly treated her when she stayed there, she made her feel like a fucking house cat or like yeah. a guest. Mm-hmm. Like you ain't give her no real place to sleep. I'm going to tell you what, right now, my homegirl, my best friend lose her job. We could sleep fucking foot to head if we need to. Like, that's just the type of person I am. Listen. I feel like if I was Issa, I would have been done with her when you did not offer me a place to live, knowing that mm-hmm. I was about to be fucking homeless. Because you know that yeah. fucking penthouse got multiple bedrooms. Yeah, exactly. But Molly is always used to being Issa's savior. And that's what intimidates her the most about uh, Issa and Condola's relationship is because Condola is making things happen for her professionally. And if we want to be right, if we want to be honest, I don't see a world where Molly is a black lawyer in fucking L.A. where she doesn't have just the same connections, if not more connections than Condola. Why were you not trying to hook your girl up? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You dating, you fucking somebody who work at Live Nation and you and you down talking with Issa doing instead of playing it up. You know what I'm saying? Like Tia said, when they was in the car, like, oh, it's some homegrown shit. You ain't got to get dressed up. I would have been like, fuck all that getting dressed up part. Like, if I take you to this event, do you think there's anything that the people from Live Nation could do for my homegirl? Because I think what she's trying to do is going to be major. She didn't talk right. her up one time to Andrew. Not fucking and once. The thing is, that conversation in the car went a lot different than I thought it was going to go. I honestly thought they were going to get in the car. I thought she was inviting him to try to offer him up to Molly as a sponsor because you work for Live Nation, for God's sake. Yeah. Like, you couldn't have pulled no strings. I'm sure Live Nation got a community initiatives and shit that you could have got a couple extra dollars for her. But you literally, like Tia said, made it sound like it was some kind of uh, fucking backyard barbecue shit. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, this is some bullshit. 
Like, she's, she's, so horrible. Horrible. And like, she's so horrible. While we on it and while we on uh talking about the um the event that she's trying to throw, just answer me this. Tiffany prides herself in being connected. Why the fuck didn't Tiffany step up and try to help her homegirl? The same reason Tiffany trifling ass didn't give Issa a heads up that Lawrence and Condola was dating and she'd Ooh. been new since the first fucking date. List the thing. I I pride myself on staying out of my friends' relationships and business unless they tell me something. But if I know if I know T and her ex broke up and for whatever weird reason he end up at an event with all of us and he try to get with Bree. And I know it. I'm going to be like, hey, Brie, you know, just giving you a heads up. That's Tia X. That's all I'm saying. I ain't saying you got to go talk to her and go to her woman to woman or no shit like that. But I'm going to just be like, uh, before you get too far, just know that's Tia's ex. I don't know what it means. I don't know if you want to talk to her or not. But just so my conscience is clear in that. Like, I ain't trying to sway you in one direction or another. But if it's my event and I see it happening, I'm just going to be like, Hey, I don't know if you know. You know, my shit is I completely agree with what you're saying, but this is my thing with Lawrence. You are a messy ass nigga. If you are going to the baby shower of your ex girlfriend's best friend and you dipping in the dating pool at that fucking baby shower, like bitches don't know each other. What did you think was going to happen? Yeah. (sighs) Can we just, I don't even know why they brought Lawrence back. Because I felt that when that season, when he went to Issa's old apartment in the dunes and they parted mm-hmm. ways, that should have been the end of Lawrence's story. I don't care who he's dating. I don't care to see any of his friend dynamics and how he seems to continue to glow up and Issa hasn't gotten there yet. I only like him because his friend Chad is funny as well. Yes. He's, like the male, he's like the male equivalent to Kelly. That's the yeah. only reason I, why I like him. And see, I'm on the other end. I actually don't think they should have written Lawrence off the show. I like him having a space on the show. I just don't need him to always be intertwined with Issa. Like we have you know, seen we have seen these like spin-offs when when Molly was fucking dro and all that kind of stuff. And you know, Tiffany and his baby and you know, the Daniel shit and how he had his own shit going when Issa was staying there and all this other shit. So it's like, it's space for him on the show. It's space for a male lead on the show. But it's kind of predictable that every time we see him, it's intertwined with something Issa. Because it makes me feel like they setting it up for them to get back together. And please God, don't let that happen. I think that's that's how I feel. Like They're setting it up for them to get back together because now... He's finding ways to communicate with her, popping up, talking about I'm outside. That's the other part. Issa and Condola needed to clear that air. They did. Yeah. And they needed to share a couple laughs over it and and move on. So like him going out his way to show up at Issa's place and him going out of his way, you know, like them having a phone conversation and shit like that. It's like, if they gonna get back together, which I hope they don't, just let it fucking happen like stop all this intertwining shit and introducing innocent people that's gonna get their heart hurt because he gonna end up hurting condola i feel like oh he is yeah. because I, I feel like lawrence is one of the niggas 
that his work life, what he's doing, you know, where he is in the world, it completely is, if it's not going well there, then it's not going well in relationships. You know, it's a lot of black men like that. I'm not going to lie. Like a lot of black men find their identity in what they do. They find their identity in how successful they are, uh, what they have. And when that starts going down the tubes, they don't know who they are. So they start wilding out in their relationships, trying to figure out who the fuck they are. That was mm-hmm. Lawrence's problem. And I don't think, I think Lawrence does not have it together like it's presenting no. to be. And I no. I really think that him showing up at her house like that was was his unraveling. I thought that was fucking stalker, shady, psycho moves. Because I would have loved to see um, when Lawrence and Condola were at that restaurant and she made the joke about the mayor or whatever. And he was like, so y'all are talking about me? And she was like, you know. I have a very close relationship with your ex-girlfriend and that's clearly uncomfortable. We were trying to clear the air. So whatever we need to discuss to clear the air is our fucking business. The end. I would have loved yeah. to see that. I the, thing say, with like, the thing uh, that I do not like about Lawrence and they keep skipping over. So let me say cheating. It's never an excuse for cheating. That's always a personal decision. Cause you can either not do it and go talk to your person or leave the relationship or you could cheat and be like, let the chips fall where they may. But Lawrence right. has yet to take any accountability for the deterioration of his relationship with Isha prior to her cheating on him. Please like he had that's the part. you act like they <laughs> that were together for ten minutes. They were together for five yes. fucking years. They were together that for was five Isha's years. And he had checked out long ago. And Bree, to exactly your point, as soon as shit got rough for him with his career, he checked out of his relationship. He stopped. And I still go back to the first season. How the fuck do you forget a birthday of the woman that you lived with? Forgot her birthday. Stopped whining and dining her. Stop, you know, stop the intimacy. Men is so fucking stupid. I like how do niggas like as much sex and filth as they do? But then when it come when it comes to the woman saying, Hey, this is what I need intimately, then y'all know where to fucking be found. Y'all want y'all right. woman to bust it open 86 different ways, but you can't remember her birthday, you can't remember to plan romantic evenings, a date night, anything. You just sitting on your fucking couch in your pajamas stinking up the goddamn place. This is the issue that I had. Leave the chips everywhere. This is the issue that I had with Lawrence. And the thing is, is that I might be drawing from my own personal experience. So bear with me. But I really hate the way that they are presenting to him being the best version that he could possibly be for Condola, that he could not be for Issa. For them to be living together for five years. And that's the real reason why he pulled up on Issa. He don't want Condola to know that he was a bum-ass nigga before she met him. Yes. Yes. That's exactly it. He needs to control the narrative. And I feel like we see this with him a lot. He has to control the narrative. He has to. You see in the way he presented Issa cheating, he loved to go to his friends and be like, she cheated on me. But he he didn't tell his friends like first of all, I forgot her birthday, fucking birthday, like or I've been sitting on her couch in my stewing in my own shit, and this is my yes, yes, and this is my thing. It wasn't for Issa. It wasn't about the money. Yes, he was getting unemployment. Yes, he had a savings. Yes, he was still able to pull his weight with the bills. But everything is not not about fucking numbers in a relationship. And I don't know how many times women have to tell y'all are they 
there's some women that's all about money. Absolutely. But the average woman wants a man with balance, a man that can pull his weight and be a provider and a man that can also show up in the actual relationship when money is not involved. Somebody to ask, how's your day? What can I do to support you? What can I do to make your load easier and make sure that you feel supported and loved and needed and all that shit? Okay, nigga, you paying some bills. Congrats. Round of fucking applause. That's what adults do. Pay fucking bills and support and provide in a household. But meanwhile, your wife, your girlfriend is up here. She unfucked. She feeling unloved. You don't notice when she get her goddamn hair done. You don't never tell her you miss her. No sweet nothings. No, hey, I planned a little getaway for us. Nothing. Y'all just, you paying bills so you feel like you could be a piece of shit in the rest of the relationship. Newsflash, you can't. Because that leads mm-hmm. to cheating. Because you're going to be paying all the bills and then it's going to be another nigga that is long stroking her soul out and asking about her fucking day and asking, do she need anything and did she eat today? Like, come on. Because Lord. truth be told, D- Daniel didn't do shit, to be honest, other than sit there and be fine and ask mm-hmm. a couple of follow-up questions. That cheating happened because Issa felt that she was not getting what she needed at home. And again, that's not a reason to cheat. We all know that as grown people, but as grown people, we also know that temptation looms. And that shit is real. When you feel like you're not being appreciated, somebody come and show you an ounce of attention and you're gonna be jumping on that dick. That's yes. just life. That's just facts. And let me <laughs> and let me also <laughs> say this, like. Daniel is very fucking fine. Like very fucking fine. Oh my god. He gosh. is very, very fucking fine. And yeah, like you said, Bree, like when when our needs are not being met, when somebody comes along who can meet just a little bit of them, like you'll eat that, you'll eat that attention up. You right. will eat it. And the you know the thing I, I never got this about Lawrence. So and this may be me drawn from my personal experience, but what the fuck is TV supposed to do other than be relatable? So this is my question, right? Niggas always talking about they don't want no gold digging ass bitch. They don't want a bitch that's all about their money. They don't want this. They don't want that. Issa literally was beside this man at his lowest point in his own admission, his lowest point. Issa yeah. was right there. Why mm-hmm. would you not draw nearer to the person who didn't leave you for your bullshit? And you know what's crazy? A man, like, imagine had he not allowed himself to just wallow in his own self-pity, him and Issa probably could have planned that fucking block party together. He could have been on the tech side of it, and she could have been doing the footwork, and that shit probably would have been a success. Also, let me tell you, this is an attractive cast of people. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. randomly popped to my mind, but I think all of the women are beautiful. Even Amanda Seals' goofy ass. She's always Ugh. been a pretty girl. She's just a, a, a ditz. Like, she's just really goofy. But they're all attractive. Lawrence fine as hell to me. To be honest, he fine to me. But his role in the show is so cringy. Because like you yes. said, like, they try to paint him as, like, this victim who got cheated on and his world got ruined. But he was doing the bare fucking minimum in his relationship. Nigga couldn't even and get off the couch. With bitches. Couldn't even get off the couch and wash the fucking dishes. Take the fucking trash yeah. out. And let's not That's forget the- that the second that they were out of that relationship officially, he went to fuck that bank teller. So yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you already mm-hmm. put in the legwork, hun. So even though Issa may have took it all the way, you were doing just as raggedy. You really were. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah. you know, and it's the same thing that Tia said about these gender wars on Twitter and why I hate discussing it. Lawrence was a bum. And Lawrence yes. wasn't a bum because wasn't a bum because he didn't have a job. Lawrence was a bum because he felt like it was okay to check out because he was not happy with where he was in life. You know, it would have been wonderful black television if they would have had Lawrence go see a therapist. I'm not happy with my life. I feel like, you know, I'm checking out because X, Y, Z. I know life ain't perfect and we ain't going to get a TV show like that because, I mean, hell, look at what they did for the, the therapy in Molly's life. This bitch yeah. went to therapy and started taking and talking started points lying. in the wrong fucking way. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like, imagine... Yeah. And I'm not, and, and, that. Yeah, and again, not excusing Issa cheating, but imagine coming home from work every day to a nigga laying on your couch doing nothing. And in all of that, in all of that nothingness, he forgets your fucking birthday. She deserves to get outside dick. What did you have to do other than make sure she had a special birthday night home? Like, come on. Like I said, I do, I do. No, go ahead, Bree. Let's not forget that this birthday shit was in the middle of all her job turmoil. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, like coming home from a job you fucking hate to somebody unemployed, laying on your couch, forgetting your birthday, not asking how your day was, can't rub your feet, can't cook no dinner, didn't take the trash out, didn't even get up can't and go fuck. get a fucking, didn't go get a haircut or nothing else. And then, like like Tia said, now they want to make it seem like he's the best version of himself because he's no longer with Issa. But then again, we know that's not true because the nigga was catching clap all last season. Listen, nigga was getting every fucking thing else. You trying to <laughs> you trying to be the ultimate consummate bachelor, and you around here with your wee wee burning boy. <laughs> you were in a relationship for five fucking years. There is no way that you can't tell me that nigga's not a serial monogamous. He probably thrives in relationships. And now yeah. then, when he was single, he went on his whole world tour to prove to himself that he ain't need nobody and just ended up with clap. And that's what the fuck he deserved. He didn't look like he did. He looked like he didn't even give out good sex either because Issa has never looked like she was satisfied having sex with anybody except for Daniel and this most recent episode with TSA Bay. That's the only time. But every time she had sex with Lawrence when they were together, even when they were broken up and they had that little thing on the couch or whatever like that, she never looked satisfied. So Lawrence was just failing in every aspect as a man. In a relationship, yeah. he checked he out in every aspect. He definitely checked out, and I'm. It's so weird to be having this conversation because I promise you, like, so many people go through this. Like, I guess that's why a lot of people be like, I know some people feel like insecure is corny, but I feel like if you really pay attention, it shines a light on a lot of shit that black women go through in the workplace in relationships with families with friends like it's almost like putting a mirror in in your fucking face we've all had a sadly we've all had a lawrence yep yep sadly sadly well not sadly we didn't all have some daniel dick oh yeah Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have all been fucking miserable in a career. We have all had a type of friend who it took us a while, but we had to realize that they was more an enemy than a friend. Like we've I've, we've been in all of these type of situations, and that's why I really like this show. But T S. Speaking of Tia, brought up T S A Bay. 
I like him. He's funny. He he fine to me. And according he's to supportive. Issa, that did he do is supportive. Listen, like my him. man and was working security for free at the courtyard event. And was hyping up what? the event as people was coming in. He cares him. about her in a genuine way. And that's something that had to come across for me like like with Daniel, she was always like, uh, like he cared about her, but she seemed to be second fiddle to everything else, literally, even when she was lay- laying in his bed. Like, yeah. but I'm going to tell you what I didn't like about TSA Bay. I love him as a character. I, d- I don't like this whole thing about making the fat guy like kind of a joke. And I had tweeted about this. Um, there hasn't been anybody fat on the show except Kelly. And we know that they will make Kelly a joke in a fucking minute. She peed on herself, for God's sake, in the Coachella episode, right? So we know that they'll do that. But the thing that I hated about the way that they handled the TSA Bay thing with the fan comment, like, oh, he's like, oh, you got a fan. And then they, um, and she was like, something like, oh, yeah, because, you know, it be getting hot when you in here or whatever. And then... Why are you going to scroll to his butt in the fucking mirror? No nigga looks good from that angle. Like, yeah, don't. don't yeah. Go, let me tell you something. I know I know. it's some super fit ass niggas in this world and they fine. They got six packs and they got muscle butts and, you know, but that ain't the average nigga. Okay. No, and I'm into that. And, and I ain't honest. even looking for that. I ain't even looking for that. Listen, yeah. <laughs> if I was to show y'all old pictures of Mike, like Mike was used to be like 175 most of his life. And I was like, ew, I would have never dated you that small. Like I like I like I like me, I like a stocky ass man. I don't mind you having no little baller belly eating good type of stomach and shit. Don't most don't know most niggas like don't look good having sex. Especially if you no. looking at their ass. <laughs> Unless he got some type of weird ass big old donkey booty sitting up clapping, cheeks clapping louder than yours. <laughs> <laughs> but Bree, you know what? He wasn't the first fat guy on the show that they were basically made a joke. Because remember, Molly slept with Quentin, Lil Rel. He oh, was on and there. I, you know, first of all, I am a fan. I love that little nigga, Lil Rel. I think he is the fucking cutest. I really do. I even sent him a yeah, I like when him. I was single, like, hey, what's up with it? And he DM'd <laughs> yeah, like me back, him. like, thank you. And I was like, okay. oh, hey. that hurt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. um, he was, he was sane. He had good sense. He had a good job. It was everything that Molly swears she's looking for, but not in the package. And I mean, attraction is a thing, but you were attractive, attracted enough to him to fuck him. Yes. But not attracted enough to do anything else. Like it was like he was like a joke. It was he was literally a joke, and it was almost like I'm not gonna lie. You know that people saw Molly fuck him and be like, "Oh my god, what is she doing?" Like that nigga's not attractive on his own. Like what? Yeah, no, and I hated the way they kind of did TSA Bay because the things that made him unattractive, we ain't find out until Issa was like, mm. I had to let that go. And it was like, cause he has two kids and one on the way and shit like that. Like I get that. But like the way, the way, like the, the tone in Molly's voice when she brought him up was like, she was disgusted by him or some shit like that. And I was just like, you got a lot of nerve. But Molly is the friend that, that 
she frowns on everything that you're doing, knowing that her shit ain't together. And I think that Molly really sit in her house at night and be like, you know, shit ain't good for me, but it's better than Issa. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. But since we talk about Molly and her inability to maintain healthy relationships with men, girl, Let's it's talk you. About it. It's you. It's it's definitely you. You are the problem. So let's talk about this whole confrontation that she had with Asian Bay. Even though I really don't like that they call him Asian Bay, but anyway, I don't either. Um, I don't like that they call him Asian Bay, but I'm gonna say this: I was dead set on this man not knowing anything about her. She was just having fun, just having a good time. When Molly decided that she wanted to do something more serious, she literally cornered him and said hey why the fuck aren't you talking about your life like this is making me like god darn you can't ease into that shit like you don't ask somebody about their childhood and shit like y'all on a regular date like she should have had the conversation with him first like hey i like you and you know i want to see where this is going but i feel like i need to know you a little bit better and she took what her therapist said like oh if it's not serving me i'm gonna leave it you didn't even give him the chance to serve you like you decided it was dead in the water you know what it was, Bree? It was just like that tweet that I saw months ago saying that on a first date, ask people to unpack their childhood trauma. That's exactly what she was trying to do with Andrew, and he wasn't standing for it. The thing about Andrew is that he actually stands up to Molly. He challenges her in ways that other men that she has dated or fucked or whatever haven't. And she don't like that. He actually puts the mirror right back in front of her to let her know, like, Everything that you do ain't right. And I'm going to call you out on it. She is a bitch that do not, and I'm calling her a bitch because she is a bitch that signed up to play ball and can't never get her head in the goddamn game. When you started messing with Dro, you knew he was married. He and his wife had an open relationship. All of a sudden, you got too attached to the dick, and now it's, I can't do this. I need all of you. Girl, what? That's what you signed up for. That's how that's how poly relationships and open relationships work. I never well, thought first of really all, open marriage. I, I, they never confirmed it. Like I just felt like he was an open marriage, but his wife wasn't. That's how yeah, I felt. He just like never got know, because she could have. She was friends with both of them. She could have easily confirmed that shit if she felt like confirming it. But Molly wanted what the fuck she wanted. She wanted mm-hmm. what she wanted. Molly never had any intentions on playing by the rules that he laid out for her. And that makes her, to me, a piece of shit. Because those type, of relationships, those type of relationships are built on understanding and boundaries and respect. Res- yes. like, you, like, even if you are the the molly was well she wasn't with both of them but low-key she was like a a unicorn like she's the woman that comes into the situation she never had any intention on adhering to the rules that drove set out for that situation and then threw a fit and acted like he was the bad guy when he was like okay well if you can't abide by the rules i laid out then deuces like she was really pissed about that right yeah she wants to be now when you're in an open relationship, I've been in an open relationship before, there is a hierarchy. No matter how you want to cut it, there's always going to be somebody that's made. And clearly that's his wife. The problem with Molly is 
she didn't want to be, she didn't want to play her part. She wanted to be the wife. She wanted to have the wife benefit. She wanted to have the serious relationship. He said he had an open marriage. He said he didn't say that he was in a phase where he was trying to accept another partner or nothing. He was just trying to fuck her and she got exactly what she bargained for, which was dick. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Why are because you trying if, to force a real relationship out of this thing where it was clearly just sex? Absolutely. Then we fast forward to the guy who was open and honest about, you know, being bisexual and having, you know, have fellatio with other men. She found an issue with that. You know, it's like she's always she's had issue with Lil Rail who was just as evenly yoked as she was professionally, if not more, mm-hmm. had a, mm-hmm. had an had an issue with him. Got an with issue a with a much him. better attitude if we being real. Yeah. Now yeah. she got an issue with the same Andrew that she never wanted to give an actual chance to, that she never wanted to open up to. It's like as soon as she gets some dick, she just gets very, very fucking weird. And that's how I, yeah. I will forever know that Molly is not as nearly as much of a boss ass bitch as she liked to pretend to be because she get dick whipped every fucking time. How right. are you always dick whipped? You ain't, yeah. you ain't whipping the pussy. Like you ain't making them be like, Hey, you about to be mine now. It's always her saying no i don't want this i don't i don't want that getting some dick and then it's oh i need a whole relationship i want i want this i want that y'all only been fucking around for a minute forgive him if he don't feel like sharing all his his trauma and his all his history with you yet well why I'm would you be comfortable to i'm so sorry Tia, but i was just gonna make this quick point why would he feel comfortable doing that every single date they've been on has been comprised of her making her insulting him throwing these little jabs and shit calling it flirting that's not flirting it's cringeworthy yeah the thing about it is you you ladies both brought up a good point and this was something that i saw on the timeline because a lot of times i like to um look at the like a show's hashtag just to see what other people was talking about a lot, of people, <laughs> a lot of people felt that Issa was wrong in her delivery of that conversation they had when they went walking. And I don't believe so because she said, aren't you tired? So she said, do you not want to be happy? Like, aren't you tired? Because right. I'm tired for you. There was nothing wrong with what she said because, yes, we are tired. Like, you can't keep setting out all these things and, and it's always the issue with the man. The man is always the issue when you are the problem in every situation you've been in. Because we never actually seen Molly in an actual stable relationship. But in every situation that she's you know, been in, yeah. she's the problem. And not she only that, she's the problem in her friendships. She's the problem in her relationships. She's the problem in her professional relationships. She mm-hmm. she is constantly the problem. She's always the problem. And two, if you ask me something and I don't feel like talking about it and you keep pushing it, I'm going to speak my mind. And I don't think she was, first of all, she wasn't nearly as tactless as Issa was when she offered her unsolicited opinion on Issa still working Mm -hmm. with Condola. Yes. She Mm -hmm. asked Issa for the truth and Issa gave her the truth. You nitpick, you go out of your way to find issues with every man that you are talking to or dating or getting to know better there's always a issue and again for me for her and andrew to be casually dating they just now had sex in this episode what Mm -hmm. quite literally what is it that you're expecting from him you're not in Mm -hmm. a relationship so why would he spill 
his family life, his growing up history, his anything he got going on, what, like, why would you want to know all of that stuff? It, like, and y'all ain't even committed or in nothing serious yet. If we having fun, keep it fun. Right. But she literally, it, it was like, it was a ship and she just threw the fucking wheel to go the opposite way. Like, I almost feel like she bombarded him with those questions. Yes, she did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and trying to, and then she, again, she's such a narcissist and so manipulative. She's only telling him her, like her secrets, her stories, her funny quirks and this, that, and the third, and hopes that he will reciprocate. She's not doing it because she wants him to further know her or give him an in-depth view on who she is and where she came from. She's doing it to get him to do it back. Like even Mm -hmm. her intentions are not genuine. Like you cannot win because you don't have good intentions with any of the things you do. And I don't even think like, it's like a, it's a circumstance thing. She decided that she wanted to pursue him because she felt like he was fun. She literally made fun of him. She made fun of him. She made it seem like he wasn't her equal when he's probably doing much better than she is, to be honest. Like, she kept joking about him and now she want to get serious. She wants all her friends to change their track and be like, how is Issa even supposed to know this is a serious fucking contender with the way she talks about him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of that, I really didn't like how Issa never gets her own moment. Never. She did all this work with Condola to put this block party together and they have a mixer for sponsorship or whatever. Molly doesn't come in and say, hey, oh my God, this looks great. I'm so proud of you. She says, I need to talk to you about my own personal issue at your big event. Yeah, I'm kind of yeah. sick, Molly. And I'm, mm-hmm. I really, based on the previews, it looks like, you know, Issa will hopefully get this block party she wants. And I so hope it's a success so she can rub it in Molly's face. Because I am so tired of Molly thinking Issa is beneath her and doesn't deserve her moments. Even when she told her how she likes having a messy life and all this other shit, she did not even let Issa enjoy the fact that it was her speech that landed Mm -hmm. her those those donors and those backers. She didn't give her anything. She was just so nasty to her own her own friend and i'm saying friend in air quotes like it's it's episode two and i really they could write molly off the show and i would not care i wouldn't miss her because she's mean yeah she's mean she's i mean there's no what is molly's redeeming quality yeah that's it that's yeah. let you know you need to <laughs> that's know. let you know she's right so there self, yeah. so self-absorbed and um, her friendship is very one-sided. She she just wants to dump on Issa, but Issa can't really flourish as a person. And she can appreciate that because, you know, in, in your girlfriend relationships, you need that support. In addition to venting, you know, you need that support from your friends and Molly is not providing that to her. So we are definitely, again, we're seeing the cracks in their friendship. So I like the... Uh, the direction that the show was going in in this season because they always have some type of direction that they go in in each season so I like that I like that um the unraveling of 
uh, their friendship and just seeing really all the insecurities of all the castmates, except for Kelly. I think the only insecurity I've seen from Kelly is her not being able to plan Tiffany's baby shower. Mm-hmm. But um, that was but the only time I've ever seen her be upset about anything. It was the only time her character yeah. had any depth. Yeah, but we definitely need a backstory on Kelly. We need her to have her moment, not just for comedic purposes. We need right. We need to know more about Kelly because she's actually she's the only character I like on the show besides uh, um, Issa's brother. And um, you know, oh yeah, I like Issa's <laughs> brother. He's funny. I'm all. I, That's his name. I love. Yeah, I love Issa's brother. I want so desperately to like Issa more than I do. And when it started, because I was a fan of Aqua Black Girls YouTube series. That's where I first got introduced to her. She was so fucking likable in the YouTube series. I was rooting for her. But I feel like now it's like she was so strong and she was so, you know, strong-willed. And she was so sure of herself in the YouTube series. I thought when we got to Insecure, she was bringing that character. She brought aspects of that character. But I think it hurts me, I think. And I know this is really deep for this show. It really hurts me that she don't believe in herself. It's like, she is so, and I know this show's name is Insecure, but like every aspect of her life, can you name one time where Issa's been sure of herself with anything? That's why these friends keep getting in her way, quote unquote friends. That's why she keeps hanging with Molly, because she don't know who she is. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, that was the first two episodes of Insecure, and this was the first episode of the Insecure Experience, and we really hope you guys enjoyed it. Because well, I, I actually, enjoyed it. I, I damn sure it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed discussing it. We are looking forward to any and all feedback. If you look in the show notes, you can follow us on our personal accounts. Um, because listen. We already tweet enough from show accounts. So contact us personally to talk about Insecure, okay? Like, just just (laughs) add us if you got some thoughts, if you have some opinions, if you have some dynamics that you want our feedback on the next time we record. Just add us. Just tag us. It's fine. We won't won't be upset with you. You ladies. Oh, um, before we go uh mama meets world is back um yes we're recording this on we're recording this on a tuesday so it'll be dropping when it'll be dropping thursday so look out for that season two of mama meets world is coming to your your ears very very soon um i'm gonna try i'm actually be able to get this out um tomorrow so I will be excited if you do. I am so happy that Mama Meets World is coming back. Um, it's so funny that you said that because my boo-boo is in my face right now, as we say. Are you happy the podcast is coming back, Jameson? Mm-hmm. Say, Mama Meets World is back. <laughs> Mama Meets World is back. So yes. we're starting with season two of uh, this time. It was time for me to kind of reevaluate and start this show off. I really hope you enjoy it. You ain't got to be nobody's mama to enjoy it. It's real world, real black motherhood. Um, you can catch me on, um, well, I'm going to give you my personal account. You can catch me on my personal account. Instagram is Breetastical, B-R-E-T-A-S-T-I-C-A-L. And you can't Thank you, Jameson. 
And on Twitter, it's <laughs> at underscore it's Miss Bree. Yes, and it's M I S S, not M S. Yes, I because I ain't no Miss. Can they do the best <laughs> WWE move? Baby, you can so, do the best WWE um, move, but just not right now. Tia, where can <laughs> they find you? Okay, they can. You can find me on Twitter at T the Gem. You can find me on Instagram at Tia the Gem. And all I ask is, don't be weird, don't be a dickhead. Please, God. Thank you very so much. <laughs> yes, and like I said, find me at Nasanulio at PC on all social media. Um, yeah. So that's it. We'll see you guys back for the next installment of the Insecure Experience. Thank you guys for tuning in. And we're out.